Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 13th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Wow. Well, where do I even start? On Wednesday, the longest bull market in history came to an abrupt and inglorious end. And then yesterday, the bottom really fell out. Everything seemed like it was down on Thursday. The Dow Jones plunged 2,352.6 points, a 99.99% drop. It was the biggest single-day point drop in history. The S&P 500 had its worst day since Black Monday. That was October 19, 1987. As for the NASDAQ, it tanked 9.4%, its biggest drop since April 2000, before the burst of the dot-com bubble. Selling was so intense early in the session yesterday, the so-called circuit breaker was tripped, halting selling for 15 minutes. Now, think about how fast all of this happened. In February, stocks were at record highs. We've never seen a transition from bull to bear happen this fast. Then the Federal Reserve came riding into the rescue again. The central bank announced, I don't know, should we call it QE5? The Fed announced increased repo operations as well as an expansion of its $60 billion reserve management purchases to buy up a, quote, range of maturities. In other words, it's not just going to be buying short-term bonds. In all, it will inject more than $1.5 trillion into the markets. This is debt monetization on a massive scale, on top of the 50 basis point rate cut last week. And by debt monetization, I mean printing money out of thin air. The bottom line is that the Fed is engaging in even more extraordinary monetary policy, trying desperately to keep the air in the bubble. But it doesn't seem to be working. Stocks briefly rebounded yesterday with the Fed's announcement, and then they plunged again. I'm pretty conservative, and I'm really wary of saying anything has definitively happened when it comes to the markets, but my gut is that coronavirus really has pricked the bubble. The Fed can throw all of the money it wants to at it. I don't think the air is going back in. If I'm right, this is just the beginning of the crisis, and the central bank is already almost out of ammunition. So what about gold? Well, it sold off big yesterday as well. Gold plunged through the $1,600 level and was down well over $75 at one point. That's after the yellow metal pushed above $1,700 earlier in the week. Now, gold recovered a bit overnight. We're at about $1,587 as I record the podcast. So we're seeing huge swings and a lot of volatility, as you would expect uh, with this market rampage we have going on. Now, I know it seems strange. Everything is selling off. You would expect gold, the ultimate safe haven, to be rallying. But it's not that strange. In fact, this is exactly what happened in 2008. Gold sold off along with stocks. It wasn't until later, when the QE and rate cuts really started to bite, that gold started to push way up. This is really another sign of a true crisis. Traders are selling gold to raise cash. They have to cover margin. It was interesting that gold really dipped yesterday when they shut down trading on Wall Street. There seemed to be an old adage at play. When you can't sell what you want, you sell what you can. Silver has been pummeled as well. In fact, the silver-gold ratio was over 100 at one point on Thursday. That's way out of whack. Historically, the average has been more in the 40 
to 60 range in modern times. Now, because silver is more of an industrial metal than gold, it's definitely more sensitive to economic conditions and expectations. But historically, silver has tracked upward pretty much on par with gold over the long run. And in a gold bull market, silver has historically outperformed the yellow metal. So there's all kinds of things that I could talk about today, and we have limited time on the podcast. So I want to focus in on the elephant in the room, and that's all of the debt. That's something that the mainstream doesn't seem to be talking about a whole lot right now. And really, I think debt is the linchpin to understand what's going on here. So let's start with the question. How does flooding the market with money address the real economic problems of coronavirus? Answer, it doesn't. Think about it. The issue is people are staying home. We have a travel ban to and from Europe. Major events are being canceled. Sporting events, NCAA, NBA, all of it canceled. People are staying at home, and that means they aren't out spending money. Now, helicoptering a bunch of cash in and dumping it on our heads doesn't do anything to solve that problem. If I can't get out and spend the money, giving me more money isn't really going to help. Now, here's the ugly truth. The the economy is loaded up with debt. It can't handle even a modest economic slowdown due to the coronavirus, and this is not looking like a modest slowdown. As Peter said in one of his podcasts this week, if we had a viable economy that wasn't so levered up, we could weather the coronavirus. If we had savings, we'd be fine. Businesses could handle it. Households could handle it. But the fact of the matter is, they can't. This is a debt crisis just like the one we had in 2008. Now, in 2008, the pin that pricked the bubble was falling real estate prices. When property values started to fall, then we started to see defaults. People who had taken out subprime loans with virtually nothing down had no incentive to pay the mortgage. As Peter put it, they sent in their keys instead of a check. At the time, the pundits all said there was no problem. But they didn't understand the debt dominoes that were about to fall one after another. Now we have even bigger dominoes and more of them. So this time, the pin was coronavirus. In fact, the air was already seeping out of the bubble before coronavirus. Remember, the Fed managed to patch things up last year by ending interest rate normalization and balance sheet reduction. It did three rate cuts last year. This is extreme monetary policy before coronavirus, and it resumed quantitative easing. You know, the not QE. These were crisis-like monetary measures even before there was supposedly a crisis. Don't ever forget that. Now the bubble has popped, or so it seemed, and it's not about the pin. We are on the precipice of a credit crisis. Just like the lenders were in trouble when homeowners couldn't pay their bills in 08, lenders are going to be in trouble now when hotels can't pay their bills and airlines can't pay their bills, retailers can't pay their bills, households can't pay their credit card bills. There are so many companies and so many people that have gotten so deeply in debt because of years and years of artificially low interest rates. That's what has really created the foundation for this crisis. Peter Schiff tweeted this out yesterday, and he's absolutely right. We only have so much debt in the present system because the Fed did so much QE in the past. The Fed created this monster, and as with Frankenstein, it will turn on its creator. Now, ironically, the Fed is doing more of the exact same thing that created the problem. All of this Fed maneuvering is all about keeping interest rates down because, believe me, interest rates should be rising right now. And we can't have rising rates with all of this debt. So the Fed has to just keep doubling and tripling down. 
this is not going to end well. So while we're on the subject of debt, let's just focus in on one aspect of this whole situation. Let's look at the national debt. President Trump is talking about various government stimulus plans to battle the economic impacts of coronavirus. I've heard a bunch of things floated, including a reduction in payroll taxes, along with bailouts and loan guarantees for struggling industries. The airlines are begging for money. So while the details are still murky on all of this government stimulus, one thing is certain. It will cost billions, if not trillions of dollars. In fact, we've already seen a multi-billion dollar package passed to battle coronavirus. Now, the U.S. government doesn't have billions of dollars. It doesn't have any dollars at all. The government is broke. Get this, Uncle Sam recorded another massive budget deficit of $235 billion last month. February's shortfall brings the fiscal year 2020 budget deficit to $625 billion. And that compares with $544 billion at this point in fiscal year 2019. So the budget deficit trajectory was clearly going up even before adding billions of dollars in spending for the coronavirus relief. The U.S. government was on track for a $1 trillion deficit this fiscal year, even before coronavirus. That's the kind of budget deficit one would expect to see during a major economic downturn. And that was before the major economic downturn. The federal government has only run deficits over $1 trillion in four fiscal years, all during the Great Recession. The U.S. was on that path before the recent coronavirus economic upheaval, even while Trump called this the greatest economy in the history of America. And now it looks like the U.S. is on the cusp of a legitimate economic crisis. That raises a question with only ugly answers. If deficits are this bad now, what is it going to look like when coronavirus spending starts to come through the pipeline along with an economic downturn? As Peter Schiff said in a recent podcast, they're talking about loan guarantees for everybody. How's the government that's the world's biggest debtor going to guarantee anybody else's debt? And this raises another question. How will the growing deficits impact the bond markets? There are only two ways to get money for all of this spending. You either tax it or borrow it. Trump is talking tax cuts, so that leaves more borrowing. That means the Treasury Department will need to sell billions of dollars in bonds. But there are already cracks showing in the bond market. Investors poured into U.S. Treasuries as a safe haven as the coronavirus crisis ramped up. Interest rates plunged, with the yield on the 10-year Treasury dipping to record lows below 0.5%. At some point, the demand for bonds will ebb, but the supply certainly won't. In fact, the supply will increase as the Treasury issues new bonds to pay for all of this new spending. Then what? In fact, the bond bubble may have already popped with Trump's promise of government stimulus. Peter talked about that in our podcast this week, and I really don't have time to dig into all of that this morning. I'll link to the podcast along with an overview on the show notes page so you can check out what is going on with the bond market in detail. But in a nutshell, even with the turmoil in the markets, the yield on the 10-year treasury has gone up three straight days after bottoming out under 0.5% early in the week. This could foreshadow rising interest rates, a nightmare for a government trying to run on borrowed money. And if this is what's going on, I'm not sure the Fed will be able to keep interest rates low, even with all of the QE. 
And of course, the other part of the calculus is the potential for inflation. I mean, all of this liquidity has to go somewhere, right? If it's not going into the asset bubbles, where's it going to go? Yeah, consumer prices. Honestly, I can't find too many good scenarios in all of this. I suppose the central banks could manage to get things stabilized and pump a little more air into the bubbles, but that's only putting off the inevitable. And I think the very real economic consequences of this virus, I mean, for goodness sake, they've already canceled everything. I don't know how you avoid a legitimate recession. Now, I can't cover nearly everything there is to cover in a 10-15 minute podcast. If you want to talk with somebody about all of this in more depth, and also talk about how it might impact your personal situation and your portfolio, call a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today, 1-888-GOLD-160. Those guys are standing by. They'd be happy to talk to you and help you out. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. Also on our Facebook page, uh, our YouTube, Instagram. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links to all this stuff on the show notes page. I really appreciate you listening to the show. Be careful on Friday the 13th and have a great weekend.